Welcome back, my loves. I have a super fun guest for you today. May Devi is a subconscious reprogrammer and a certified integrative coach. Welcome, May. Thank you so much. So I like to start with the question, what makes you fantastic? Because I believe it's super important to focus on what makes us great and celebrate what makes mm. us great. So, God, thank you for that question. It is a humbling question. Yes. And, you know, it really, it really forces me to go outside of these scarcity feelings of what's someone going to say if I talk about how fantastic I am? Are they going to think I'm conceited? And I know that that's not true. So I'm going to give you the truth. And the truth is what makes me fantastic is that I continue to remain curious. Mm. And I'm really proud of myself for that because that has been something that has continued to propel me forward and introduced me to the most interesting people and brought me to Austin, Texas, which was never even a thought in my mind. And um, so I think having that curiosity in life is, um, is very rewarding and helps me to be fantastic. So true. So true. You know, it's, we live in a society that shuns self-praise. Mm-hmm. it's seen as egotistical and bragging mm-hmm. and I want to change that. So that's why I start with that question. Mm. And it's actually also why you kind of feel like that little trepidation of, of mm-hmm. sharing it. Or am I going to be seen as like, you know, bragging essentially. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because I have watched your videos. You create really fun Instagram videos. Oh, thank you. And it seems from the outside that you have mastered the art of showing up really authentically. Like you don't care about what anyone thinks, <laughs> right? And you're just fun and out there and alive and vibrant in your true authentic self. Mm. So how do you silence the inner critic and not fear being judged? Mm. That is a loaded question. I'm like, how much time do you have? Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and... The first thing I'll say is like perception is everything, right? And of course, on social media, we're only showing life through a certain lens. So, you know, the truth is, is that it is a continual practice for me to to practice feeling centered and sharing what does feel authentic. You know, the more that I listen to my body and my intuition, the more that I feel comfortable sharing those messages because mm-hmm. there's a feeling that happens when there is some, something that is in alignment that you're like, okay, this, this, I know it speaks to me. It feels good in my body and I feel comfortable sharing it. And when that happens, I'm not afraid of judgment mm-hmm. because I know that it's in alignment, at least with my higher self which I believe is linked to the highest truth, whatever all of that means. So in those moments, I'm not worried about judgment. But, you know, if I'm really being honest, I'm worried about judgment all the time Mm. in my daily life. Um, And it's been a really interesting subconscious reprogramming or deprogramming process that has taken me years to shift from who I thought I needed to be and show up as to deconstructing all of that and just showing up as I am. Yeah. Love so that. it's a process. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I, I did a human design reading once with Barbara Ditlow. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. I highly recommend her. And she said to me, you have to tap in and it's a very simple, you tap into your body, feel the sensations within your body and ask the question, whatever kind of decision you're making. And if you get a, uh-huh, mm. 
mm-hmm. or uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And it's not fear-based. It's not, you're not trying to decide intellectually, but rather in your body sensations. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. And it helps. And mm-hmm. the times that I have not listened and I've gone against the uh-uh and I've done it anyway, I always regretted it. I knew I made the wrong decision because totally. I didn't listen to that inner mm-hmm. guidance. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, is that true? It's like you know when you should have listened in that yeah. moment and you went against it. And then afterwards you're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh, so what would you say to someone who's scared to, to share their truth? Hmm. Interesting. You know, I would, I would question, you know, why, why, why are you scared to share your truth? Your truth is the most powerful thing that you have. It, it is everything. And, you know, when we share our truths, it's the most powerful form of connection. It's the most authentic form of vulnerability. And that is the way that we learn and grow. It's the most powerful, courageous thing that we can do. Mm. And so, you know, what is it that is bubbling up some of those fears? Is it a fear of what other people might think of you or how they might see you? And if so, is that a reflection of how you think of yourself Mm. and view yourself? And, And I, you know, turn that question around because... That's basically what what was a discovery moment for me was I had a moment, um, if I can share. Yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> Speaking of stories, uh, I had a moment after an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. And I had an ayahuasca plant medicine ceremony where basically I had a nada experience where like I slept almost through the whole thing mm-hmm. and didn't really experience visuals. I didn't have aliens come and give me surgery. I didn't have like this whole <laughs> thing. I just kind of rested a lot. And I was worried that I did it wrong or maybe I should have done something else or maybe I should have drank more. Like what's wrong with me? You know, all of these things happening. It was my first time. And then the next morning there was a yoga practice and I'm walking to yoga and I didn't get a lot, I didn't really get like a lot of restful sleep. So I'm kind of cranky and it's early in the morning and I'm watching this woman walk into the yoga studio and she's got two different colored greens on that are not coordinated. They're not in the same color spectrum. They're not like in the same realm. And I'm like, did she even look at herself? leaving the house this morning like why would she wear that green top and that green bottom I'm like ugh gross and then I'm looking at this other woman and her hair is so frizzy and like this huge like frizz ball and I'm like wow that's how you're leaving the house today and then I like pause for a moment and I'm like oh these are these are ugly statements coming out of my mouth and then I realized that that's how I talk to myself wow that that was my internal talk track and I had this big realization and then it started to kind of just like pour out of me like this domino effect and I realized in that moment I didn't like myself and that the judgments that I had for everyone else was really a mirror of how I was judging myself and that was a pretty intense moment but that clarity came through like post ayahuasca and you know they say once mother ayahuasca is in your system she doesn't leave so it was so interesting to have that clarity come after the fact and and have this ayahuasca experience in a way that was not expected so anyways it's a very long-winded way of answering your question but um i think it's a point of reflection when we have fear it's true and maybe to write down like exactly what you're saying why 
are you scared to post? What are the judgments that you're fearing other people would judge you? And how are you judging yourself for those? Yeah. Yeah. Because how can someone argue your truth? Mm. There's nothing more true than your truth. It just can't be argued. When I think it's expressed in a way that gives the other person a choice. This is my truth. I'm Mm. sharing. You can take it or leave it kind of thing. I love that opening. Like, discard this if it doesn't work for you. That's true. (laughs) Giving that option, I think, makes a big difference versus projecting Mm. this is how you need to live your life kind of thing. Well, that is true. Yes. I mean, yes, that opens up a, a broader topic of conversation. If you are sharing your truth and you're shooting on someone else yes. and telling them that their truth is, is inaccurate and that your truth is a higher ranking truth, well, then there's something to look at there, too. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It's an important clarification because I think that that's is. delivery is really the most important part for someone to be able to receive your truth. Mm hmm. And, and giving the person the choice, I think, is uh, – and also kind of owning the fact that it, it's just your choice, your truth. Like, it could be false for someone else. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I hold many truths that are very true for me that are very untrue for <laughs> other people. <laughs> and so be it. I love it. So you're a subconscious reprogrammer. Yes. Explain that, share your thoughts on that, and what are some of your favorite Uh tools? Yes. So I practice hypnosis. Ooh. And this is a practice, again, very unexpected for this to come into my life. And yet it's perfect. And what I mean by a subconscious reprogrammer is that Hypnosis is a tool that allows us to speak with the subconscious mind in a way that there's no judgment, there's no noise from the conscious mind. It's a quiet, trusting, loving place where we can have this focused conversation with the subconscious mind. And why that's so important is that our subconscious mind is where we house our thoughts, our patterns, our beliefs, our feelings. And, you know, we can look at anything in our life as a habit. And sometimes that is a hard reflection, but, um, you know, I have this habit that I resist going to bed every night. I resist it because it means that the day is over. And if I didn't get something done, then I definitely didn't get it done because it's time to go to bed now. And like, I want to like push all the hours. I'll fight the sleep. Like, even if I'm tired, and like that's a that's a habit that I have. It's a terrible habit. It's a terrible habit. Listen, I'm not perfect, okay? <laughs> um, but we can reprogram these habits that we have. That's not permanent. Hmm. That's not just who I am in quotations. These are habits, and they're habits that we consciously or subconsciously are choosing. And we choose them through the pathways of the brain, where our neural, our neurons travel down these pathways. We can think of them like, like highways. And a heavily treaded highway is a deeper tread. You know, it's, it's a familiar path. We know exactly where it is. We know the limits are because we, we know where the sides of the, of the road are. We've traveled this path so many times. It becomes automatic. It becomes automatic. That's yeah. exactly right. And through tools like hypnosis, we're able to put up a roadblock 
and bring in a new pathway via a new alternative, a new habit, a new thought pattern, a new belief, and start to create those treads so that that becomes the new pathway. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I've been studying the brain like crazy. I love neurofeedback, and the brain is just fascinating. There's so much we still don't know. It's wild. Yeah, but the one job of the brain is it it tries to automate as much as possible Mm -hmm. so that you can free up energy and mental space to do things that need, you know, your attention that are novel, like that are Mm. different, right? So anything that you do over and over, anything repetitive becomes this automated kind of process in your brain. And the time that we automate the most is when we're children from zero Mm. to let's say three years old, when you can't even speak, right? You can Mm. only sit there and observe your parents on how they operate in the world. Yeah. And so you're automating their process and their pain and their trauma and their anger and their blame and their shame and all all Mm -hmm. of the things that come along with the human uh, design, essentially. And what I learned at Hoffman Institute was that from zero to seven, uh, you need all of your needs met by someone else. Even as an infant, for example, you need, if you're cold, you need someone else to get you a blankie. You can't even like mm-hmm. pick up your head. Right. And from zero to seven, if you are not getting your needs met, your brain interprets that as you are somehow not good enough to get your needs met. Oof. Yeah. And then the brain is designed to also then seek evidence to confirm your beliefs. So for mm. the rest of your life, you're then seeking evidence of how somehow you're not good enough. And so it leads to these neural highways, just like you're talking about how we are, we go from trigger to response, for example. Mm. My mom upsets me or she tries to manipulate me. Boom, I'm angry, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, so to reprogram that is um, a, a challenge because you're going against the natural processing of your brain. Mm. You have to re-automate your new higher level adult conscious choice versus your childhood programming mm. so you have to reprogram that's what right. repro right yeah to re-automate it's it's um it takes also practice so to to re-automate you got to practice the new behavior that you want to install sure so what are some of your tools to re-automate Gosh, I mean, my go-to tool for sure is hypnosis because it's yeah. been the most profound for me and you can have unbelievable results in one session Mm. And I also, there was also topics that I've been working on, you know, f- over a large amount of time too, you know, so it depends. Um, and you know, there is this, I kind of hate this metaphor. I won't say hate, but I dislike this metaphor, but about the, the peeling away of the layers of the onion. <laughs> and I was just talking about this with my coaching group the other night and they were like, yeah, why do we keep talking about onions? Like there isn't even like something beautiful, like we're not even getting towards something beautiful as you peel away the layers. It's just more onion. So, like it should be like a gemstone or something, you know, that forms like whatever. Right. So anyways, just go with me with the onion. Okay. Got it. Like you can't make a good ragu with an onion. So we need the onion. We like onions. <laughs> But as we peel away all these layers, it's, it's remarkable. You know, we, we think we're going to go in and, um, address, you know, let's just go with this habit I was talking about, about me, like resisting going to bed at night. I'm like, okay, we're going to resist. We want to address this resistance and we peel away that layer and we realize that it's tied to something else. 
And then we peel that away and we realize that that's tied to something else. And we start peeling it away. And so it's it can be this this mm. endless practice of peeling things away and learning to go back to what we we're talking about earlier, your truth and what's yeah. true to you. And sometimes that truth shifts and changes over time because of what is under the next onion layer, whatever that may be. Um, I feel like I deviated from the question. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, so hypnosis talks directly to your subconscious, essentially. Yes, yes. Yeah. Are there very specific, um, like, do you have certain clients that you see a pattern, like people come to you for like the sensation of not good enough or mm. are there specific kind of genres that yeah, okay. it really helps with? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great question. And yes. So there is consistency amongst these challenges that we have and you're right. And this does go back to you know, not everything can be linked to childhood necessarily. And, sure. you know, a lot of people are scared of hypnosis because they're like, I don't want to go back. Mm. I don't want to go back and regress and re-experience these things. And the truth is, is that you don't have to. You truly don't have to. Um, you don't have to re-experience these things. You've already experienced them. You survived them. And so you don't need to. But to your point, when we are in a hypnotic state, in this hypnotic trance, the brain is in a, a brainwave state that is known as theta. Right. And this is what is indicated um, when we're able to communicate with the subconscious mind. When we're in that state, we know that we have bypassed the critical factor of the mind, which means we've bypassed the conscious mind, that noisy, judgmental mind. Did you put away the groceries? Did you shut the oven off before mm. you left the house? You know, all of these things. Did you leave food out for the dog? Whatever it is. And when we're able to bypass that and have these direct conversations with the subconscious mind, it's a place of, of non-judgment. Now, this theta brainwave state is basically where you are always as a child between zero to seven. Your brain is always in this state, in this trance. And what that means, it means that you're highly suggestible. Mm -hmm. So when you say something like, oh, it is raining cats and dogs outside to a five-year-old, they're running to the window to see the cats and dogs raining from the sky because they're taking your suggestion that it's raining cats and dogs as, as truth. Literal, yeah. Literally. They're absorbing it right away as truth. And that goes for anything that we say to a child or to the subconscious mind. So to your point... There is a lot of power in going back and addressing these childhood suggestions because that's all that they are, mm. and we can go back and reverse them. So to go back to your question about these consistencies, when we boil it down and you keep asking whys, basically if you were to think of these challenges that we experience in life, whether it's nail biting, fear of needles, weight loss, sugar addiction, whatever it is, these are all branches of a tree, if we're like, mm -hmm. picturing a beautiful tree. These are all like the branches and maybe the leaves that are sticking out. And these are all stemming from a set of roots. And when we boil all of these things down, it oftentimes comes down to not feeling worthy enough. And beneath that is the fear of dying alone. Ooh. That is ultimately oftentimes where things can really be boiled down to. And there, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Mm. 
That's interesting. I read a book once and it said it interviewed a thousand uh, Americans, wise older Americans, and it asked them what um, they were close to nearing their death, Mm. their transition. Mm -hmm. And they all had the same two questions. Did I love and was I loved? Mm. It's interesting. That is interesting. I don't know why I felt that need to throw that in there. That's <laughs> yeah, beautiful. And it's a very beautiful reminder of really what's important. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite tools that I've come up with to reprogram the subconscious is a clicker. Uh, it was, mm. yeah, it was given to me by the Aspen success coach, Jeff Patterson. And he sent me home with the assignment of 10,000 clicks on um, basically reprogramming my subconscious beliefs around money Mm. and my own uh, beliefs around being disciplined and consistent enough to make great wealth. Mm. Long story short is 10,000 clicks later, I was a new person. I had transformed that subconscious belief. And it's all through this this act of repetition, which the clicker just, it's just like what a bouncer holds to click how many people come into a club. Um, it's that little silver cooker and you keep it in your hand and just by having it in your hand, it reminds you to repeat the mantra that Mm. I teach. And then the sound is the auditory way the brain learns. It's like Pavlovian Mm -hmm. response. Mm -hmm. And then you have the numbers, which is the visual measurement of success Tony Robbins talks about. So it's a three, it taps into three ways your brain learns very quickly on how to reprogram your subconscious to what you want to believe. Mm, Clever. Yeah, it's really a cool tool that I've had my clients now use that got over some really challenging times during their life just by repeating the mantra, for example, um, everything is always working out for me. Mm. Click, everything is always working out for me. Click, everything is always working out for me. And it got my one client through this really tough uh, business breakup. He broke up Mm. with his partner in business. And he was like smiling. He came to me depressed and like upset and pissed off and scared and all of it. And within a day of 24 hours, he he wrote me back. He goes, this is amazing. I am like happy about this divorce. (laughs) (laughs) It it totally shifted his world within Mm. the first like 30 clicks. Wow. Yeah. So it's incredibly powerful. And, And we point is despite the clicker, we are incredibly powerful and it's a matter of controlling our thoughts. That is true. Yes. Yes. And to even to go a a level, I don't know if that's deeper or like more surface level is like becoming aware first and foremost. Yeah. Because I think, you know, telling someone to be, to control their thoughts Mm. is, is a big concept. Yeah. And it feels impossible, especially when it's negative programming that is occupying the majority of the house, which is your mind. Right. So becoming aware of them first and foremost is the first gift. And then through that, you can start to peel away the layers of the onion and locate the actual truth beneath that negative, that old negative programming. And then you can start to do the controlling (laughs) and grab the reins back. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a matter of focusing on what you want. Absolutely. And and, and like you're saying, catch yourself first. Like where, where are your thoughts right now? What are you focusing on? Is it what you don't want and don't want to have happen or don't want Absolutely. right now in your life? And um, and where do you want to go? And directing your thoughts in that direction. That's why the clicker is really cool because just by having it in your hand, it keeps you focused. Yeah. It's like a physical tool. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I love that in a lot of ways. And, 
you know, you bring up a really good point. And one thing that I always ask my clients when they meet with me is, you know, oftentimes there's, they're perhaps used to that, um, typical like a therapy session where they sit down and they tell their therapist everything that's been going on and their mom, this, and when they were seven, that, and then this thing happened and then the red light and, you know, and you're like, stop, stop. Because when we tell ourselves, when we keep telling ourselves these stories, we're actually hypnotizing ourselves and we're focusing on the things that we don't want. And you, you don't want them, right? But we continue to tell these stories. And we, the more that we continue to tell these stories, the more we're deepening the grooves in our mind of these track points. So I stop my clients and I say, okay, I, I hear you sharing what you don't want and what's going on for you. Thank you for that. Tell me how it is that you want to feel. Yeah. How do you want to feel? And pivot and shift the conversation. We spend so much time about what we don't want, what's not working, yeah. what's like a flaming pile of dog doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> I might regret saying that, but <laughs> And focusing on what we do I want. I just saw shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can I swear? Yeah, <laughs> You're so right. You nailed it. It's, it's actually, it's 100% right. And it's the group. We're just, why is the brain designed this way? It, it's annoying. If I don't know. And it's like, is the brain designed this way? I don't hmm. know. Hmm. Or is that the opportunity to use the brain hmm. and groove the way you want? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that's so cool about these tricks like the clicker and like hypnosis and like these tools is the awareness. Yeah. It's like, okay. Now I know that the brain is so powerful, and now that I'm aware of how powerful the brain is and how we have the capacity of how it works, how can I use that in my advantage? Yeah. Like Now that I know that, let me partner with my brain and not fight against it. Yeah, so true. Speaking of partnering, what would you say to someone who thinks that they have to do everything on their own? Oh, that is a great question and one that I have recently, really recently been mulling over. And as someone who has spent almost a decade in corporate and also working on these entrepreneurial passions, passions and projects and yeah, I have long held this old belief now is an old belief that I needed to do everything on my own because that's what an entrepreneur is. Like you are, you are on your own and it felt heavy, felt hard, felt overwhelming. It felt impossible. It felt like I'm stuck here and I'm never going to get past this threshold because it's just me and this is just what it is. And yeah, like we all hold the belief that on being an entrepreneur is hard, right? Yeah. Well, is that true? Is that true? It's only true when you're trying to do everything yourself, like <laughs> it's you're saying. It's only true when you think that the, the, you bear all of the weight. Yeah. And I've recently had the experience and therefore the knowing and the remembering that we actually can only truly be independent through leaning on community, hmm. through the interaction with those around us and getting support. That's the only way that you can be independent. So it's a little bit of like this, uh, like, a massive realization of you can only have independence through the support with other people. Huh? Does Love that make it. sense? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I've had my own personal journey with starting and stopping businesses and, um, 
and my fear of not being consistent enough. And actually, you know, now in hindsight, before it used to be this limiting belief that I, I just could, you know, I couldn't stay consistent at something. And what I've realized recently is because one, I was doing something that I wasn't truly passionate about mm. and truly in alignment with. Mm. And two, I was trying to do it all on my own. And I was right. I couldn't do the marketing and the 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 correct intro and all, all the yes. different, you know. I had to hire out people that are better at it because they like doing it, right. the things that I didn't want to do. And then when I did that with this podcast, the, the intro is brilliant. It's done by some these amazing women that love to do podcasts and yeah. all their graphics and, and the marketing. They handle everything for me. And all I have to do is what lights me up, which is mm. talk to you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And learn and grow and share inspiration. Like that's my happy, juicy place. That's enough for me to focus on. That's a big enough job. I so strongly recommend and, and believe in my heart, hire other people mm -hmm. to do the things that you don't want to do. And it, that's when your business will blossom. Oh, for sure. And your happiness level. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, is the most important. Like, <laughs> right? let's just let's just call out for a moment that, like, we are designed to enjoy our lives, mm. enjoy our experiences, have fun, be playful. Being playful doesn't end when we're children. We can have fun. We can enjoy these things. I mean, I'm telling myself this as much as I am speaking it into this microphone and into these people's ears who are listening right now. Like, let's have fun. So, yeah outsource. Yeah. It maybe it's scary. Sure. You got to give up some of that control, but actually <laughs> you're really taking back yeah. control yeah. by, by letting others support you. Yeah. On a technical, tangible kind of note, go on Upwork or Fiverr. And I, what I would do is I'd hire three different people to do the same very small task, like create a graphic for me, you know, here's five to $20 each, whatever, and create a graphic And then I let them, you'll see within those three people, one will come out superior. Mm. You pay the other two. Thank you for your time. And then you start working with that one. Mm. And then you send them bigger projects. You mm. kind of test them out with something small. We, are, we live in an age now where we have access to the whole world of talent. It's brilliant and so easy and so affordable. It's so there's so no excuses true. anymore. <laughs> It's so true. I will, I will support that. I, I just started working with a woman on Upwork with my podcast. Nice. And... What a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Nice. <laughs> Tell us about your podcast. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I created a podcast in March of 2020 called Stories from the Subconscious. Ooh. Yeah, I know. So exciting. And it is a storytelling-based podcast that is all about what really happens in hypnotherapy, what really happens in hypnosis. Because we have this belief all the way back from like Wiley e. Coyote cartoons as children that hypnosis is some creepy like fat man who's like waving a watch in front of your eyes and then steals all your money and, you know, takes over your whole life kind of thing. Right. Which couldn't be any further from the truth of what the beautiful practice of what hypnosis is actually. So I really wanted to create a platform to share these stories because we all need support, right? We all need to exit these story loops in our mind that keep us small, that keep us limited, that keep us feeling far from the best version of ourselves. And it's possible to access that. Mm. So I found myself as a hypnotist surrounded by all these hypnotists. And I was like, damn, how did all these people decide to become hypnotists? You know, it's a little bit 
it's a little bit out there, right? It's a little bit different. I don't know any five-year-old who wrote their homework that they wanted to be a hypnotist when they grew up. Right. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I don't happen to know any. So how did all these people decide to take on this all, like, a little bit out there profession? It's a little bit different. And so I was like, you know what? This, these are stories that need to be told because these are ordinary people like you and I, whatever that means. And they decided to to try something new and different. And through that, they had a, an experience that shifted them, mm-hmm. that shifted their whole world, so much so that they decided to take this profession on and continue the domino effect in helping others. Love. And so I interview other hypnotherapists and hypnotists to hear what their personal experiences were like and what was made possible for them through this practice of becoming aware of the story loops of their mind. Wow. <laughs> How do people subscribe to that? <laughs> we're on all platforms. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audible, all the places. So, cool. We'll yeah. put that in the content. Oh, but um, what's the name? What's the title? Stories from the Subconscious. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Any final tips on creating a fantastic life? Ooh, final tips on creating a fantastic life. Hmm. First, just believe that it's, you know, look within yourself to see what your belief is in terms of that being possible. Does that feel possible? And does that trigger something in you? Like, what's your gut reaction Mm -hmm. hearing, like, I can live a fantastic life. What bubbles up for you? Where is it in the body? And can you assign a color to it? Mm. Is there a shape? Is there a texture? And can you start to shift it to a different color, a different shape? Move it from one side of the body to another. Shift it around and see how it shifts and changes. And through that practice, becoming aware of what that reaction is and becoming more aware of the body and therefore becoming more aware of the mind. Um, And you can do that for anything and everything, by the way. But just allowing yourself to start to become more connected with yourself because that that is something that can't be taken away from you. Yeah. You know, in the same way that, you know, say education is priceless, right? And our awareness of ourselves and our truths to circle back to the beginning of our conversation is something that can never be taken away from us. It's like once you learn that or remember it, you can't go back to whatever before was. Yeah. So allow yourself to believe that it's possible. Yeah. And through that allowance, notice that it actually occurs before your eyes. Yeah. The more that you believe it's possible, the more it occurs. And the more it occurs, the more you believe it's possible. Yeah. So true. And that you don't have to figure everything out. Oh, Lord, no. Yes, please. This, this actually is what I would love to leave with everyone as, a, as like a final message because I think when we take on a journey, a self-healing journey in some way, shape, or form, it feels like we've got to have it all figured out and we've got to address everything all at once and that everything needs to be alignment, your romantic life, your job, your professional life, your house, your finances, and I want to speak this directly to the subconscious mind of those who are listening now. 
because I know that everyone is listening to the storytelling of this podcast, and so they're a little bit more relaxed, and so perhaps the brain is in an alpha state, maybe even a theta state, so perhaps the subconscious mind is very open and receptive to these messages now. So I want you to hear this, that the subconscious mind speaks in the next smallest steps. Mm. And the more that we tune in and listen to just the next smallest step, the more that takes us to the next smallest step. And we don't need to know the 300 steps down the road. We don't need to know those. We just need to know the next smallest step. And so long as we commit to being courageous enough to continue following those breadcrumbs, you're going to find the gingerbread house Mm. or whatever it is that you're following. You're going to get there. And all that you need to do is follow the next smallest step. Yeah. Takes the pressure off. Takes so much pressure off. I I feel lighter even just thinking about the next smallest step. Yeah. What's next for me? I like asking questions. Even starting a day, what's next for me? Or how can I serve today? Mm. That is such a good question. I know that's one of Oprah's favorite questions of like before she leaves the house, like, please, please, God, a universe of source, like, how can I be of service today? How beautiful. It's such a beautiful question. And actually, thank you for reminding me because I'd like to pick that one back up. Yeah, it's it's a simple, I love to put it in my, in my meditation in the morning. Mm. How can I be of service today? Show me how I can be of service today. And I don't try, again, don't try and answer it intellectually. Just send the question out and you'll get the answers throughout the day. Yeah. Someone will call, someone will be struggling about, with something in front of you, or, you know, just something will show up where you're like, oh, I'm needed here. Mm-hmm. Great. I could be of service. Yeah. You are needed here. Mm. Thank you. Mm. May, such a treat. You are such a blessing. Thank oh you for gosh. sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, thank you so much. I've loved this. Beautiful. <laughs> How can people find you? Oh, thank you for that question. I am on Instagram, yes. mainly in terms of the s- social meds. So it's maydev.atx. So it's M-A-E-D-E-E-V-Y.atx. And my website is maydev.com. You must subscribe to her Instagram. Follow her on Instagram. It is hilarious. Your posts are so funny. (laughs) They are like short and sweet and so right to the point of like the message you need to hear for the day. (laughs) They're brilliant. You're like, you really are. You've mastered a craft of like being spunky and fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're the perfect blend of like marketing special, you know, like entertaining, inspiring and educational. Like it's, you're great. Oh, I love you for that. Well, we got to have a little fun, right? Yeah. We can heal and have fun at the same time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, my loves, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.